Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Welcome back, pet lovers, animal thrill seekers. This weekend, Judy has booked Shelley Morrison. The one and only. Of course, from Will and Grace. She, she plays the, uh, Rosario. The, right, the maid. How could you forget her? I, I actually thought she was one of the best characters on the show. <laughs> she did hold it together. And, of course, she's a big animal lover, and she's joining us today. Of course, in the news this week, you've undoubtedly heard Michael Vick has pled guilty to dogfighting, as well as uh, killing at least under eight underperforming dogs by strangulation or suffocation. Ironically... It's the gambling that the NFL doesn't approve of. Really? Uh, he's offered this apology. This came out Monday. I'm more disappointed with myself than anything is because of all the young people, young kids that I've let down who look at Michael Vick as a role model. And so I have to go through this and put myself in this situation. Uh, you know, I hope that every young kid out there in the world look, watching this interview right now who's been following the case use me as, as an example to using better judgment and making better decisions. Once again, I offer my deepest apologies to, to everyone. And I will redeem myself. I have to. So I got a lot of downtime, a lot of time to think about my actions and what I've done and how to make Michael Vick a better person. Thank you. That was Monday, of course. You may have seen that on TV. I don't know how you felt about that. one 405 8405 is the numbers we'd love to hear from you. Uh, ASPCA President Ed Sayers went to Richmond for the Michael Vick hearing, and he reports for Animal Radio. Ed Sayers? Hi, how you doing? Very well, how are you doing? Good. Well, you've traveled down from New York City to Richmond, Virginia for the Vick hearing. Uh, what's going on down there? You know, part of my reason coming down today was just to thank the U.S. Attorney and USDA, uh, you know, for the way they managed the case. I mean, I thought they did an excellent job in getting four felony pleas for this horrific situation. What did you first of all think of Michael Vick's apology? Did you feel it was heartfelt and sincere? I did, actually. Well, I thought it was a step in the right direction. I was really not sure from what I've seen if he was really acknowledging responsibility, number one, and then acknowledging how morally wrong this is. I mean, aside from being legally wrong, just morally wrong. And I got a sense that this is seeping in and he's beginning to, you know, recognize, you know, how he was influenced and how this is wrong behavior. And, it, you know, it kind of remains to be seen how he assimilates this and either changes his life as a result of this or if he stays in denial, it would be unfortunate. Well, I don't think it's any secret that the ASPCA has been involved in the investigation of Michael Vick, uh, especially where the forensic evidence comes into play, right? Yeah, Dr. Melinda Merck is our veterinary uh, forensic specialist. And while ASPCA was asked to uh, help the U.S. Attorney's Office, uh, Dr. Merck's expertise in particular, to look at the forensic evidence and begin to build the integrity of the case. And obviously, like in any case, uh, the forensic component is an important uh, corroboration of, of what the prosecutor is beginning to find. All in all, are you happy with how things went in the courtroom today? Well, immediately, I mean, being in the courtroom, it was, I mean, knowing the horrible pain the dogs go through in these kinds of situations, the dogfighting situations alone, not to mention the way in which some of them were executed, and then the sadness of seeing someone as, you know, gifted in some ways as Michael, 
you know, totally absent of a moral compass in parts of his life that would have told him that this was wrong. I mean, it was just a, a very mixed feeling of how sad it is. And yes, we've brought more awareness to the situation, and all the animal protection organizations are going to take advantage of that, and we hopefully will prevent dog fighting and, and uh, prohibit dog fighting from occurring. But it's just a it's just a sad situation when someone who is so influential to so many people did not have the moral judgment to recognize the horribleness of this activity. Can somebody like this redeem themselves? I mean, I, I know that uh, serial killers in their past have had uh, animal cruelty as part of their rap sheet. Is somebody who can so coldly kill an animal, can they change? Well, there's certainly no research to confirm that. You know, you see research on animal hoarding, and can animal hoarders begin to direct that behavior to not hoarding animals, but something that's socially acceptable. But there's really no research to say some something this egregious, someone has ever gone through a clear redemptive process, like you would say, you know, a scared straight or, you know, someone who rehabilitates from other felonies and is able to then teach people. So, you know, today was kind of step one in that he acknowledged that he was sorry, and then we'll just see, you know, how he really handles himself through this. What would you like to see happen at his sentencing on December 10th? Well, I think U.S. Attorney's recommendation on the sentence guidelines was fair. I mean, they used the guidelines and precedents of other first-time offenders and factoring in the egregiousness of the crime. So I think that was a fair recommendation. Importantly, uh, the criteria of upwards departure, you know, does give the judge a latitude to increase that or decrease that. And certainly the facts of the case, I would be very surprised if he decreased it. Um, so I was pleased with the job that they did. I appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Ed Sayers, president of the ASPCA, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And, of course, you can learn more at their website, ASPCA.org, where they put together a special page on uh, dogfighting. Well, I want to hear from you right now. one 405 8405 Let's go back to the phones. They've been ringing white hot with Vic Fury. Hi, who's this? This is Victor. Victor, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Very well. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from outside California. Are you going to weigh in on Michael Vick? Sure. Okay, tell us what you think. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are being a little harsh on him. Really? Um, you know, he's going through his things. I'm sure he's sorry, but I think people are being a little too harsh on him. Too harsh. Okay, so uh, 12 to 18 months of jail time. Do you think that's appropriate for him? Uh, could be. I think it's a little too long. I think for someone like him, it's a little too much for him. So you think he should be allowed to keep playing football? Uh, I think eventually. I think maybe if he sat out for a year, that'd be good. But eventually, yes. He should be able to come back. I think so. Now, Arthur Blank wants to, to try to get $22 million back from his uh, signing bonus, which was almost $150 million. Do you think that's okay? Um, no, he signed him that. He gave him that when he signed him to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think he should be entitled to his money. We appreciate your opinions. one 405 8405 Hold on one second, Victor. Hi, who's this? Hi, it's Sonia. Hi, Sonia. How you doing? We've spoken to you before. I remember your accent. Yes, you have indeed. <laughs> I'm a regular to your show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Animal Radio. I also remember the last time we spoke to you, we discovered you were from Virginia. That's correct. And yes. that's, of course, 
just the heart of this whole uh, Michael Vick situation. That's where, of course, uh, he, he it was the, Surrey, Virginia, home, that he yes. had the, the home he's, there. Um, I think it's all going on in Richmond, I believe. That's where the court where uh, where had the, to appear, yes. The yeah. hearing. He apologized on TV the other day. Did you buy that at all? No, I did not. What did you think? I, I think it's a load of poppycock. That's what <laughs> defendants do when they suddenly realize they're going to be facing some kind of sentence. They either come out and apologize if they're a public figure, or they go to jail and they find Jesus, or, you know, it's just... No, he knew what he was doing was wrong. No, I don't buy it at all. I don't think he should even be playing football anymore. And I think part of the plea agreement, I don't know what the terms were, should be that he cannot have an, he cannot own an animal, even as a pet. Yeah, Absolutely. Very good. Now, no one's mentioned that yet. Yeah, I think that should be part of the terms of that agreement. And I just think I think the whole thing's an outrage. I don't understand. He, he would have carried on doing it if he thought he could get away with it. He would just carried on doing it. Mm-hmm. It's only because he's been, he's been caught... That all of a sudden, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I don't even think you should be. They should try and get their millions. The NFL's rich enough; they don't need their millions. <laughs> <laughs> they should get rid of him. Why give him the satisfaction of letting him do something he enjoys? Have you seen dog fighting before in Virginia, or heard about it before? I've heard about it before. I haven't seen it. I know there've been cases, perhaps maybe even where I live that they've had it. We thank you for calling, Sonia. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> keep keep listening, okay? Oh, I will. Hold thank on. Thank you. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Mike from Bakersfield. Mike from Bakersfield. Hot out there? Uh, no, nah, it's not too bad. It's only about 102. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool for Bakersfield. Yeah. So how are you doing today? I guess uh, the the big buzz on the phones is about Michael Vick. Are you calling about Michael Vick? Yes, I am. What do you think, sir? Just wondered if you caught uh, Dave Letterman's show. They had Rick Riley from uh, Sports Illustrated on about Michael Vick. Oh uh-huh. yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, what what did he say? Uh, he said he should be uh, covered in cat fur or whatever and tossed in with a bunch of angry uh, Dobermans. That sounds like fair treatment. <laughs> like that. Yeah, see how he likes it. <laughs> no, I think it's really unfortunate that, you know, and it just doesn't matter if it's people with money or not, uh, you know, treat animals that way. You know, they're not here for that kind of, uh, as they call it, entertainment, which is not as just cruel. Yeah. Sure. Oh. Of course, Michael Vick, at first he said he had nothing to do with this. Right. And then uh, he came out after several of his... Uh, cohorts. Cohorts, <laughs> yeah, came out and said that uh, he did indeed, was was involved with killing eight, he says eight, I'm sure there were more, eight, eight by animals hands, huh? by drowning and hanging. If he had come out originally and, and, and said, okay, this is what I've done, would you think differently of him? Are you a big football fan at all? Oh, yeah, big-time football fan. And Michael Vick's one of the big guys I watch. But, no, I don't think it would have mattered either way, whether he come out right from the uh, get-go and admitted to it or not. You know, it's still, it's it's just a shame. It's cruel to do that to any animal. Is this going to change any of your thoughts about the NFL or viewing habits? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. No, I'll still watch my football, but, yeah, probably... You know, just hope that he doesn't get an opportunity to come back. Yeah. Well, they're saying that he he could come back, and of course, this is not a football talk show, so I'm not going to go the direction. But they say 12 to 18 months uh, jail time. Do you think that's fair? No, I don't think it's fair. You know, if that was me that had done that, 
I wouldn't have gotten 12 to 18 months. Might be getting 12 to 18 years. So you think he's getting special treatment? Sure. They get special treatment because of who they are and the money they've got. Just like uh, all the little movie star girls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mike, thank you so much for calling today. We appreciate your opinion. You're welcome. You have a good one. You know, I think our phones are ringing today more than they did during Katrina. I'm thinking just... Well, that's because people didn't have phones during Katrina. The cell service was (laughs) limited and now they got phones and they're mostly, for the most part, ticked off. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Arlene. Hi, Arlene. How you doing? I'm doing good today. Good. Where are you calling from? Lubbock, Texas. Beautiful Lubbock, Texas, listening on uh, KJDL. Yes. yes. Thank yes. you so much. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day. A little warm, but that's the usual. What do you think about this whole Michael Vick thing? Well, I'm extremely, extremely disappointed. I uh, didn't think that things like that happened in this country. Uh, you didn't. Unfortunately, yeah. You just don't, you're not aware of it. They no. hide it. Would you have thought of Michael Vick differently if he had told the truth in the beginning? Absolutely. The same way I felt with President Clinton. You know, I, I give somebody the benefit of the doubt if they tell me the truth from the very beginning. Yeah, he got backed in a corner on this when everybody else coming out admitting that uh, he was a part of it. He had nowhere else to go but to, to admit it. I don't know if you had a chance uh, to hear his apology. Did it seem sincere to you? Not at all. Not at all. I think that had this not happened, had his buddies not given up on him and, and started telling the truth, uh, he would have de- he would have continued to deny it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I was. I also listened to an interview the other day with Jamie Foxx uh, talking about how it's a cultural thing and it's something that they grew up with and. Uh, I had a lot of respect for Jamie Lee Fox before that, but I don't anymore. I don't think. I think you make your choices in life. Thank you very much for your comments today. Hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. Will and Grace's Shelley Morrison next, right here on Animal Radio. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's one 800 517 one seven four two eight nine. Cat Genie is totally litter free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover. So Cat Genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing. To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. 
That's 1-800-517-4289. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Just minutes away from Will and Grace's Shelley Morrison. I just realized and remembered. What's that? Th- this is her second appearance on Animal Radio. We actually uh, did something live with her. Yeah, a few years ago. Uh, I believe that was in Boybang, California. We did something. And I'll remind her. She'll probably remember me, of course. <laughs> oh, how could they forget you? Uh, of course, corporate America is taking advantage. Well, I don't want to say taking advantage. Let's just say hopping on the old bandwagon with Michael Vick. And uh, Guido, by the way, you can't tell this because you're not in the studio with us, but Guido usually runs the board. Guido's not here today. Judy's actually running the board. Could you please, Judy, punch up line four for me? There you go. Mike. Yes, sir. Oh, please don't call me, sir. Mike <laughs> Mike Walker, the big dog at Big Dog. Of course, a, a clothing company that's been around for quite a while. I, I believe you're based in the Santa Barbara area. That's correct. You should be proud if you're listening on KTMS or anywhere on the California coast there. Here's a company that's on top for one reason, and that's okay. because they're on the cutting edge. They're watching what's going on. I saw in the, the paper yesterday that you're on board with the Michael Vick case, and you've created, I understand, four T-shirts? Correct. Four different graphics, basically uh, letting the world know what we think of people who abuse animals. And what does Big Dog think? What, what do the shirts say? Well, essentially, there's there's four different graphics. One is uh, uh, from a popular saying we've used previously, uh, who's your daddy, where uh, Michael Vick is depicted being uh, put over the knee of the Big Dog mm. and, uh, <laughs> and punished uh, accordingly. Of course, okay. Uh, one is uh, Big Dog Public Enemy Number 1 with... Uh, Kind of a, a mugshot inspired photo of uh, of Michael Vick, and then there's the. Uh, uh, That's what we saw in the newspaper yesterday. I don't have. Where is that? That's over oh, here. It is. It's right here. Ah, ah, hasta la vista, Vic. Hasta la vista, Vic. And, and you, you have your big dog uh, biting a hot dog with Michael Vick inside. That is correct. <laughs> and then the the final one is uh, you mess with number one, which we kind of. To pick the big dog as being number one, we step on number two, and number two in this case is uh, <laughs> is Mr. Big. <laughs> well, notice how are these selling? How are they doing? Obviously, you're getting uh, front page publicity in the papers. Yeah, well, they've they're uh, scheduled to hit stores uh, this weekend. Oh, really? So there's a, a tremendous amount of interest, a tremendous amount of pre order for for the shirts. Uh, I think uh, over the weekend we had close to 
2,000 pre-orders uh, wow. after the, the email first went out. So, And, and that, that's really what we're doing this for, Hal. I mean, we want to keep this issue at the forefront of conversations and public awareness for as long as possible. Uh, it's not really just about Michael Vick. It's about shedding some light on the fact that there's a lot of animal abuse out there that, that stays hidden. And, uh, and this is a great opportunity for all of us who advocate animal welfare to, uh, to keep it in the public consciousness for as long as possible. We, I think we all have a responsibility to protect animals, to protect pets. In this particular case, protect dogs. And Big Dog Sportswear is certainly uh, ready and willing to step up to the plate in that regard, as we have for, uh, for many years in the past. i got to think here, okay, 2,000 pre-orders, you're going to sell a lot of shirts. Is this some way for Big Dog to become even richer? <laughs> You're actually going to give some of the uh, the money to charity. Is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're, we are a for-profit business, and, and we, we don't apologize for that. At the same time, we uh, established 10 years ago the Big Dog Foundation. The Big Dog Foundation was established in order to help us uh, support uh, charities that, that help dogs, that help dogs who help people like Canine Companions and the like, uh, and, and to help children's organizations, uh, mostly through uh, pet-related activity. So uh, a portion of pretty much all our proceeds go uh, in some way, shape, or form to the, to the Big Dog Foundation, but particularly this uh, line of graphics about Michael Vick will... Uh, uh, we'll set aside uh, a little higher portion of, of that to uh, to go to the Big Dog Foundation and the, and the charities that it supports. Okay, how do we get the shirts? <laughs> well, you can go to www.bigdogs.com or visit one of our 150 locations uh, across the country, So, which are all listed on the website. Okay, and is there a phone number just in case we don't have online access? Uh, you can always call 1-800-BIG-DOGS. We appreciate your time today. Oh, Hal, I appreciate uh, you guys giving us a chance. And, uh, and I hope people, uh, like I said, keep the dialogue going about this. And, and hopefully we can stamp it out, not just in the high-profile cases, but all across the country. Big corporations doing good work. Big dog. I, uh, as you know, and I bragged last week, had a good spell in Las Vegas. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to buy four of those shirts right now and give them away. one 405 8405 if you want to wear one of these Michael anti-Michael Vick shirts uh, made by Big Dog. Give me a call right now. one 405 8405 Now, I promise Shelly's around the corner. In fact, she's on the line waiting. She's probably really ticked off. She's like, why can't I get on the air now? That's actually, you better hope she's still holding. Yeah, I hope she is. <laughs> we just got to pay one more bill. We'll be right back. Right here on Animal Radio. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Hi, this is Emmylou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay new to your pet. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. 
Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And patiently waiting on line three from Will and Grace, Shelley Morrison. We'll go to her in just a second. I want to remind you, if you haven't had a chance to enter the Summer End Giveaway here at Animal Radio, great gifts for you and your pet from PetMate and some other great companies. Simply head on over to AnimalRadio.com and enter right there, free of charge. No hoops to jump through. Just enter your name and address, some other personal information, and you could win the Summer End Giveaway from Animal Radio. Hi, Shelly. Hi, how are you doing? Very good. Do you remember me? Not. I don't know how she no, could forget No, because us, I'm though. the cute one. <laughs> the I, really... I, well, give, give me a hint. An adoption event adoption in event. Oh, Carson Park. Hello, you were there with... sweetheart. How are you doing? See, I knew she would remember. Yeah. You didn't even need to tell her that. Yeah, she Goodness, said... I remember, and it was... It was after quite a rain, and, and, and it was kind of muddy. Uh-huh. So how are you doing? I'm getting over a silly summer cold, so if my voice kind of cracks, forgive me. Well, you know what? And that's uh, that puts things in jeopardy, because you're doing a lot of voiceovers recently, haven't you? I've been doing a lot of voiceovers. Um, I've been doing a lot of charity work. I've been doing a lot of campaigning for... A presidential candidate. You've been staying very, very busy. Well, as long as there's life in me, but specifically, uh, my my heart really belongs to the animals. Well, it always has, and of course, the big gala at the uh, farm sanctuary. Well, their their event that happens yearly is uh, taking place very soon at the Beverly Hills Hotel. That's with- September eighth, <laughs> and there are still tickets available. And if people go to www.farmsanctuary.org, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be a lot of celebrities. It's going to be a silent auction, uh, an incredible vegan dinner. Um, I would really, really, it's $200 a ticket, but very, very well spent. And the silent auction also is incredible because a lot of celebrities... We donate a lot of the swag that we're given, uh-huh. and uh, people can buy it for very, very low prices. Did you Did you donate some? Yes, of course. I donate every year. And I, I understand, let's see, there will be Robin Williams and uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Ed Begley, uh, Casey Affleck uh, also there. And they, I believe they, some of them have also donated some artwork. Alicia Silverstone, I understand, has uh, These are incredible people. I first heard about Farm Sanctuary... A number of years ago, I did uh, Celebrity Blackjack, which uh-huh. isn't on the air anymore. And the reason I did it is they don't pay you, but if you do the show immediately, they give you $10,000 for your favorite charity. Yeah. Wow. I remember that. Yeah. So I met Billy Baldwin, uh-huh. one of the Baldwin brothers, who is adorable and a gentleman and very bright. And he's the one who first told me about uh, Farm Sanctuary. And then we cut to, uh, a few years later, we're doing Will and Grace, and his brother, Alec Baldwin, comes to do a bunch of shows with us. Uh-huh. And Alec and I would just, he would just tell me all about this extraordinary organization. Well, you know, there we have new listeners since last year's gala, so I'm wondering if you could tell listeners about the Farm Sanctuary, some of the guts and glory of it. I can only tell you so much. I would recommend that they go to their website 
because it is an extraordinary website. The things that they have achieved, the things that they still need to achieve, so we can all have compassion. That's the keynote: compassion for the animals. Uh, they'll be celebrating their twenty-first wow. year of 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 educating and and helping farm animals in the way they're slaughtered. You know, so many people do things for cats and dogs. It's great to see an organization dedicated solely to the farm animals. It's essential. Yes, essential. And they've been rescuing and educating and advocating on behalf of farm animals for over twenty years. It was, it was one of the first organizations to document the cruelties of factory farming. Really one of the four, first organizations to get some things done, get some yes. legislation put through. Mm. Uh, I remember uh, my dear friend Gretchen Weiler, who yes. we lost a yes. few months ago. Extraordinary woman who worked actress, activist uh, for the Humane Society. And every year we would, she would, we would have the Genesis Awards. Yes. We just uh, covered that with Wendy Malik last week, and, and that, of course, is... Oh, I love is, Wendy. Oh, God, I love that woman. Isn't she wonderful? <clears throat> oh, All God. Of you. All we of you. We worked together years ago. Um, whenever we see each other, it's... it's see, whatever cachet we might have as, call it celebrity, if we don't utilize that to shine the light on areas to educate people, it's, I was watching Brad Pitt last night uh, on KNBC uh, talking about what he's doing in New Orleans to build homes, mm -hmm. uh, environmentally green homes, uh -huh. uh, to give back. And he's shining a light on that. And for any celebrity who takes... Who take, it, I, I went over all the material. I, I downloaded a lot of the material from Farm Sanctuary last night and oh. read it, unfortunately, before I went to bed and uh, couldn't sleep all night. Well, because, you know, there's some, some atrocious things that, that are happening. And it's kind of an oxymoron to talk about a, a humane slaughter, but there are many companies that have changed their practices because of what the farm sanctuary has done. Exactly, and there's still more that needs to be done, and there will be uh, uh, things on the ballot next year uh, to, again, protect and humanely treat uh, the animals, uh, the statistics are are, uh, are 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 almost unbelievable when you when you stop and think of how many billions billions of animals uh, are slaughtered each year. Um, I I I can't anything eat anything that has a face. The dinner, of course, that's being served at the gala is a wonderful three-course vegan dinner. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, is it? Well, it's also first hors d'oeuvres. Uh-huh. Some incredible hors d'oeuvres, truffle, lima bean puree. Wow. Toasted baby artichoke with mustard hollandaise sauce. I mean, we're talking about some good <laughs> stuff here. Mini potato latkes with tofu. Hello. <laughs> yes, and this is all taking place at the Beverly Hills Hotel for $200. I think that's a great deal and a great organization. It's benefiting. It's uh, essential that we honor 
the animals because then when it so we can honor the two leggeds uh each other uh i know there's a lot going on in the world right now and sometimes i just want to scream and say i'm mad as hell and i don't want to take it anymore but you find the areas where if you reach one person if you just reach one person and the next time they go to check their email that they say oh let me check out farm sanctuary just one person and maybe that person will tell someone else and that's just like a, a ripple effect when you throw a pebble in in in, in a stream uh-huh. mm. and it's very gratifying too what what about at home do you have animals at home pets at home we're down to one cat <laughs> down uh, to one. all our rescue dogs at, at all of them quite aged have crossed over and uh, we're down to Cleo our crazy cat Cle- what makes him crazy she uh, she sleeps on the bed with me and if I move my feet she doesn't like it so she bites me and good point <laughs> well you got you got to make ample room for all the cats uh, oh the they're so dear yes, uh, they are we're we're going to give ourselves a little time right now. We just lost our our dear Katie Aww. just uh, a couple of months ago, and I keep thinking I see her out of the corner of my eye. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And sweet, I found her when she was a puppy, uh, starving to death in Hollywood in the middle of the street. Mm. And uh, she was with us for fourteen years. Uh, she weighed seventy pounds. God bless her. She was a big one. You got to celebrate <laughs> that life, and and just realize that that animal was homeless on the streets, and and probably lived. A, you probably spoiled her pretty good, Shelley. I'm thinking if I know you. Oh yeah. Well, uh, all our rescue animals, uh, we have we have had quite a few. We have all their ashes uh, in our bedroom, and every night before I go to sleep, I I, I kiss their little boxes. Mm. And, uh, oh, goodness, I'm going to get for Klimt. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oy, oy, I was, you I, know, uh, exactly what I was just going to say, even with the word for Klimt. <laughs> <laughs> I just, there are teachers, they teach us, all the animals, all the animals teach us. They teach us unconditional love. They teach us non-judgmental behavior. Um, we have to honor them, and, and, and if... If indeed the world cannot cross over into that area of, of not eating something with a face, uh, to honor these animals that give up their lives so they can have sustenance. Um, it's, it's just, we, we, we cannot only think of the money. We cannot think of how profitable it will be to condemn these animals to such horror. Well, I think more and more society is becoming aware that these are sentient beings, and uh, all of them are sentient beings. All of them. All of them. Uh, My husband and I follow the Native American traditions, and the philosophy is just so simple. It it so resonates with... It kept us grounded. It's that everyone and everything... Is sacred mm-hmm. and divine. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm getting 
goosebumps. Yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> Look at the hairs on my arm there. They're standing Judy. up. They're, they're standing up. Uh, okay, so it's uh, it's all happening September 8th. Farm Sanctuary is the place, uh, the Beverly Hills the Hotel. Hotel. I believe you can learn more at the Farm Sanctuary website, which... Farmsanctuary.org. I knew. Yeah, and it's all one word, farmsanctuary.org. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Shelly, thank you so much. We hope to do this again soon. Bless you both for doing what you do. Bless you. I'm Susie Kurtz, and I'm listening to Animal Radio. And you should really check out the Farm Sanctuary website, farmsanctuary.org. First taker. <laughs> one take. <laughs> Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot, over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pet stops? Resoiling in the house. Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. We told you the story of Sherry McComer, an Alabama cat owner who bought recalled special kitty cat food from a Walmart store. Well, she claims that four of her cats are sick from eating the recalled cat food. I'm Hal Abrams. Apparently not just an isolated incident in one Walmart store. There is still more recalled cat food on shelves in another Walmart store. And a TV news team in Alabama went to the Clanton Walmart and found dozens of special kitty pouches just like the one Sherry had purchased. Now, here's what happened. Initially, the product code checked out safe, but if the sticker is peeled off, there's another product code underneath. The original UPC code underneath the sticker matches the ones on the pet food recall list. Now, because the stickers are over the recalled product code, the items can be purchased by consumers. The TV news investigator left one of the stickers off of the package, and when the cashier scanned the label on the package, it said, do not sell, and the cashier would not let him purchase it. This leads to one question. Are manufacturers repackaging recalled food? Get more animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products, 100% biodegradable training pads, biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover, a great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. <laughs> Hi, this is Wendy Malik on Animal Radio. And do not forget, stay in neuter. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. You know, last week we had Mike O'Connor on the show. He's the uh, bird brain, bird, ex- bird expert. He's for, so uh, hilarious. He is funny. His book is very funny. We have it in the studio, and I was just uh, looking over it through the last commercial break there. I have several copies left if you want one. one 405 8405. A time for the Animal Minute brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A woman says her two-year-old golden retriever saved her life by giving her a doggy version of the Heimlich maneuver. 45-year-old Debbie Parkers was home with her two dogs when she suddenly choked on a chunk of apple she was eating. She unsuccessfully tried performing the Heimlich on herself, but the apple was still firmly stuck in her windpipe. She tried beating her chest, and before she knew it, Toby, her golden retriever, jumped up, putting his front feet on her shoulders, and knocked her to the ground. Toby then began jumping up and down on her chest until the apple came out. A friend arrived and drove Debbie to the hospital. She says she still has some bruise marks from Toby's doggy Heimlich, but she'll be okay. While some skeptics doubt Toby knew what he was doing, and others think that maybe Toby just wanted a piece of apple, Debbie believes the golden retriever she and her husband rescued from a dumpster knew exactly what he was doing. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www www.urinoff.com or your local vet. 1-866-405-8405 is the number here at Animal Radio. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It doesn't have to be during the show. You can call us during the week or email us at yourvoice at animalradio.com. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Jim Hall. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? Pretty good. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Page, Arizona. Well, listening on uh, KXAZ, which is, uh, I believe, 93.3 there in Page and also 101.9 in Kanab. Well, thanks for listening to Animal Radio. What can we do for you? Well, I was calling in about the uh, uh, Why Don't Woodpeckers Get Headaches book. Isn't that awesome? You know, we get a lot of responses for that particular book right there. And it's yes, hilarious. It is. It's a funny book. And are you interested in birds? Uh, well, yeah, we have a couple of parakeets, and we used to have a uh, blue and gold macaw. 
Wow. Well, you'll find out that this guy has put together all the uh, most intriguing facts into one book for you, and uh, we have a copy for you, okay? Okay. Do you have any pets at home? Uh, yeah, I've got, uh, we've got three dogs, uh, and one cat. He was actually, the cat was actually in, in the, uh, Best Friends magazine a couple years back. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's kind of a strange cat. He's got 27 toads. Wow. Tw- now, how many are they supposed to have? <laughs> are- They're supposed to have 18. So this guy, this little guy had nine <laughs> extra toes. Now, where were they located? In, on uh, all of the different feet or uh, more on the back feet? He's got more on the front feet and, like, just one or two extra on each back foot. It doesn't bother him at all. You know, if no. I, you should train him to do to make those opposable. Uh, so yeah, then, well, yeah, he does. He does that. He actually reaches in and picks his food, his dry food, up out of his dish and eats it out of his paw. <laughs> What's his name? His name's is Bugsy. Bugsy. Uh, Bugsy, the 27-toed kitty. What kind of cat is he? Uh, actually, he is a Russian blue. Russian blue. Oh, wow, okay. how pretty. Well, we're going to send something off for him, too, okay? Okay. Uh, hold on one second. We'll get all the information. Thanks for listening there in Page, Arizona. All right, thank you. Hold on one second. I'm going to go count the studio cat's toes right now because if any one of them have more than, what is it, 18? 18, he said. I didn't know that. I'm putting them to work here because <laughs> I think if you have 18 toes, you can type. There you go. Especially if you have 27. Yeah, he can type really fast, I bet. Really fast. <laughs> okay, we got to go. That's all we have for this hour. Remember, there's plenty more 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are streaming online live at animalradio.com. Or on any cell phone, any provider, simply text ANIMAL to 27627. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't ever declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Now go give your animals a big old sloppy kiss. Or go count their toes. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And welcome to Hour 2 of Animal Radio, America's most listened to pet talk. Thank you so much for making us that. 1-866-405-8405. Call us anytime. Uh, even if it's during the middle of the week, you know. We're you know, here we're all the here. time. We're here 24-7. Sometimes just sitting around <laughs> waiting for your calls. There you go. Twiddling our thumbs or looking for your email. Uh, this hour, animal communicator Joy Turner is back with us. If you'd like to communicate with your animals via Joy Turner, why don't you go ahead and give us a call now at one 405 8405 and we'll get you in queue for that. And it can be either animals you have now or animals that have passed away. Also this hour, lots of people say, Kanab, Utah, we hear you talking about Kanab, Utah. We know you broadcast nationwide from Kanab, Utah. Isn't that where Best Friends is? Are you associated with Best Friends? Well, we answer that question uh, this hour right here on Animal Radio. Oh, I also see that there's some more recalled food. Surprise, surprise. Really? All the details this hour right here on Animal Radio. Let's uh, go. I want to introduce you to this young lady. Hi, Tamar. Hi, hi. 
Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Absolutely. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Didn't you work for uh, the Israeli military or... Yeah, I was an intelligence officer in the Air Force, and I got to work with the special forces there, yeah. And you got to see how yeah. the dogs were treated, huh? Unfortunately, or fortunately, yes. yes. Fortunately, yes. Fortunately, yes, because it woke me up, and obviously I'm doing something about it. How do they treat the dogs? It's another uh, different from uh, some other dog trainers in the country, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, they, they basically, they don't kick the dogs or hit them, but they break their spirit. So what they would do, they would have the dog who would resist them, tie them up for hours on end, standing on the back feet. So then when they would finally let them down, the dog would collapse and say, no matter what you do, I don't care, just let me survive. Which you see dog trainers doing it, I'm reluctantly calling them dog trainers, but, you know, tying a dog to a treadmill until the dog collapses. And then they they, 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 they use, the, you know, they, they, they work their force method on the dog. Your technique's quite different. You uh, train with compassion. Yes, and, and it's very important to understand the difference because it, it's, you really all, we have to understand that the force that drives a dog behavior is what a dog associates with pain and, and with pleasure. The dog will do anything to avoid pain and gain pleasure. What those other trainers, the conventional methods are doing, they're increasing the level of pain with chuck chains, with prong collars, with exhausting them on a treadmill. In order for the dog to say, I don't care, I'm just going to do anything to avoid the pain that you, my trainer, or my owner is causing me. All right, my method is completely different. My method is I increase the pleasure. They increase the pain, I increase the pleasure. I increase the pleasure, so the dog comes to me and says, I want more, teach me more, I'm having so much fun. And by the way, owner, you're the love of my life. You're the best thing ever happened to me in my life. So the owners are more motivated because they see the dogs are motivated and they see the dogs are more in love with them. Mm -hmm. So when you realize that that's really basic psychology difference, what would you choose as an owner, or by the way, as a parent? Do you want to be respected because you're Saddam Hussein? <laughs> or would you want to be cherished and loved the way Martin Luther King was or Gandhi? What do you think about uh, the dog trainers that feel that you have to be the alpha male? You have to show you are the leader. I believe you have to be a leader. A leader is different than alpha dog. Saddam Hussein forced himself to be the alpha dog, and those trainers feel that way, that they need to force it. I believe that you can be a benevolent leader to show that you, the dog should want to follow you, that it could come from them, not by force. When you do that, you see, I was meeting yesterday with people who train dogs for handicap, and they showed me a picture of a little girl. She was about six years old. All she had over her limb was one arm. Mm -hmm. No legs, no one arm, only one arm. And you see her in the big labradoodle, completely listening to her. Do you want to tell me? that she's not an alpha dog for their dog, <laughs> but she would not be able to do it with those disgusting, compulsive, painful, stressful, de de denigrating methods. So I feel very, very, very strongly against those methods. I feel people who don't understand behavior, who don't understand behavior modification, who do not have respect for animals, their needs, 
They just use phones. Let's see them using it on a lion. What about the dog that knows no other way? That the dog that may be what ten years old and has already learned bad ways, has already been taught that uh, his owner has to be aggressive to be alpha. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? Okay, so let me tell you. When I did a when 2020 came to do the special on me, they took me to Atlanta to meet with the dogs, a border collie that for seven years would not allow anybody into the house because when he was a puppy, his compulsive dog trainer abused him so badly that now anytime anybody that come into the house, the dog is immediately attacking them. They did not have guests over for seven years. Okay? Within minutes... The dog kissed me on the lips, and we have it all on tape on 2020 with John Stasso. And John Stasso is not a pushover, okay? I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I believe that love is one of the most powerful, powerful forces. And when you really understand where the dog is coming from, you really connect with them, and you have the compassion, and you really understand how you can motivate them, they melt in your arms. They melt and they say, finally, thank you. How do you show a dog disapproval? How do you show a dog disapproval and still be his friend? Well, there are many ways to go about it. First of all, you want to own all of the dog resources. So the dog does not have free access to food, does not have free access to his toys, does not have free access to anything. That's the biggest mistake I see people do with the dogs. And by the way, I see it with children as well. So when you take the resources, when you finally give it to them, like a toy to play tug of war or whatever, the dog feels like, oh, my God, that's so great. When the dog misbehaves and you turn your back on the dog and you say, I don't want to talk to you, the dog is like, oh, my God, what can I do to gain it back? I went to work with 11-week-old puppy that Kelly Ripa just um, uh, rescued. I was there last weekend. And you see an 11-week-old puppy who, when I came, was jumping and nipping and being so pushy. And she was only a shih tzu. But, but Kelly Ripa has young children, and the puppy took advantage of that. Mm. And within minutes, we just turned our back to her when she was jumping. And the dog was like, oops, nobody's talking, about, nobody's talking to me. No one's paying attention to me anymore. And we got to realize the dog is a pack animal. If they are being outcasted, outcast from the pack, mm-hmm. in their doggy mind, that means death. So we are talking in doggy language. We're saying, you're misbehaving. We don't want to play with you. The dog, which we taught her how to sit, starts sitting. So now for everything she wants, she sits. And all we did was turn our back, and worst case scenario, I would huff and puff, or in, in, in other cases, I would, leave the, I would leave the room and slam the door in the dog's face. Like, you want to be a jerk, be a jerk. I'm not going to play with you. But I'm not going to hurt the dog. Mm-hmm. Sure. We're with Tamar Geller, and the book that she is just, and I failed to mention this, The Love Dog, a great book. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the Playful, Non-Aggressive Way to Teach Your Dog Good Behavior. <laughs> uh, is that you on the front cover? Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, I can't get it away from him. He's just staring at it. picture up for our... Uh... <laughs> I like the back cover better when I'm pulling the dog's ears because it's all about fun and laughing and, you know, we, we really need to, all of us need to create a paradigm shift when people realize there's really no need, there's really, it's the dark ages to train a dog with force, with leashes and prong collars, which honestly, if it's up to me, and believe me, I'm working on it, to outlaw those prong collars and all these, I call them Spanish Inquisition, <laughs> you know. A few minutes ago, you mentioned the treadmill. If you know anybody that's putting their dog on a treadmill, that's... Tying them up to a treadmill so the dog is no way but to keep walking. That's uh. that's not right. That's, that's I don't know who's... 
report your trainer immediately if that's his uh, training technique. Report to what? There's no laws. Not, animals don't have Bill of Rights. Okay, the seven basic needs of a dog. Yeah. Included in the love dog. Can you give us a little taste? Well, everybody thinks that a dog needs physical, you know, physical exercise. So I see some dog walkers take 15 dogs all in their walking. That's not physical exercise. A dog needs to have physical exercise when they are doing the doggy stuff, running, sniffing, exploring. You need to respect the wolf part of your dog. But you also need to understand that a dog has mental needs. They need to be mentally stimulated. Like giving a dog a backyard and think that he's going to run there and just be enough as if it's a gym. That's not enough. You need to stimulate your dog's brain. When you stimulate your dog's brain, that's when they thrive. And you can do it by simple things, teaching the dog vocabulary. So you can go to your dog and say, you know, Clyde, that's the name of my dog, Clyde, go drink, then go hurry up, then go in the car, and when he's in the car, say, do you want the windows down? And boom, if he wants to, he goes to the windows. <laughs> you know, you just teach the words as they're doing it. So if they go drinking, you say, drink, 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 drink. You know, silly things like that. They go and they look at you and say, hmm. This is a new word, so it's mental stimulation, teaching them a game. It's fantastic mental stimulation. Another need that often is being misunderstood is companionship. People tell me, but I'm working from home. My dog is not alone. And I'm saying, well, how much, how much time did you spend looking at your dog, talking to your dog, interacting with your dog? And they say, well, isn't just me being there is enough? And I say, well, if you were married and your spouse would not talk to you, just be there. <laughs> would you feel lonely? You know, Definitely. I have a post, I have a notepad that says on the top, I used to be lonely. And then the part it says, and then I got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's how some dogs feel. Well, definitely to have fun and play with your dog, interact with your dog, and make training fun. That's the whole principle behind the love dog, the playful, non-aggressive way to teach your dog good behavior. I have 10 copies, one 405 8405 Otherwise, you can get this anywhere, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. Uh, it's on the... Simon Schuster. But the main thing is that Oprah, which I've been her trainer exclusively for the puppies, she was the one who launched my book for me. And this is remarkable. You know what I mean? And because she's somebody who really loves the dogs as family. And anybody who loves the dogs as a family member would absolutely enjoy to read that book. And I'm very proud of it because it makes all of us who feel that dogs are family member, you know, feel that we're not alone. I'm going to give out your website if that's okay. Oh, thank uh, and you. Going to spell it. It's tamargeller.com. T A M A R G E L L E R.com. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Tamar, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for being such wonderful ambassadors for dogs, for animals fun young lady there. Yes, she was. That was a great interview. I enjoyed speaking with her. And, of course, uh, she works very closely with Oprah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, you know, Oprah probably helped her book, but this this interview right here on Animal Radio will probably Just really launch her career. There you go. Send that book into best-selling mode. Is what <laughs> 1-866-405-8405. If you'd like to talk to Joy Turner, let's do it right now. Uh, hi, Joy. Hi, how How are you? I'm awesome. How are you doing today? I'm marvelous, thank you. Well, are you ready to talk to some animals? Absolutely. Do you ever get tired of doing that? I never get tired of doing that. As a matter of fact, I'll have people call me that 
talked with me five, six, eight years ago, and they'll say, are you still doing that? I hope you are. And I keep telling them, I can't imagine in my entire lifetime never doing this. There's not a lot of jobs where uh, you don't get tired, burnt out. And, it's uh, true. 1-866-405-8405. Who do we have on the phone with us? This morning you have Nicklin. Nicklin? Nicklin, that's correct. Nicklin, what a pretty name. Why, thank you very much. You're on with animal communicator Joy Turner. Go ahead. Yes, I had a question whether or not my rescue dog that I placed in a home 10 years ago, Baron, would like to come back to live with me at this time, or he'd like to stay where he's at now that my sister has passed. Okay, he says, so what would his options be? Would be to come back to you or to stay? He said, you know, though, he was actually kind of your sister's dog. He was my sister's dog. And Very much so. So um, he says, huh, does he have to decide? And I'm telling him, well, it would probably be a good idea if he would make a choice. He doesn't want to disappoint anybody. So tell me who the other people are there at your sister's place. The other people there is my sister's husband, and he has he's been through some health problems. And Baron was my sister's. I gave her, I gave him to her about ten years ago, and since she just passed at the end of June, I was unaware of whether he could be maintained in the way he should be maintained, and he was willed to me in the will. I didn't want to swoop in and take Baron away from the home he's known for ten years. But yet I wanted to follow the wishes of whatever Baron really wants done. Okay, well, what he says to me is his concern is that the husband needs him, but he's also a concern that he's too much work for the husband. And You're hitting that so much on the head. <laughs> and um, Baron says he didn't understand that comment, so I'll, I told him I'll explain that, hitting him on the head <laughs> later about that. And um, he says, but he would be, um, if you think it was okay, he would be fine coming with you. He says, Has you, have you talked to his dad about that? Yes, I have. And what does his dad tell you he wants to know? Well, his dad wanted to keep him there, um, but his dad has had his, his leg amputated, and Baron has many health problems, as does dad. And dad now wants to move to Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay, so he says his dad wants him then? He doesn't want him to come to you? No, he called and left me a message saying, you know, that he's thinking about it. But if I were to follow my sister's wishes, it would be that I do go pick Baron up. But I didn't want to take Baron away if he was being useful and helpful to Rick at this time. Okay, he says he's really kind of in a quandary about this because he wants, he knows he is your sister's dog and he really wants to do what she wants and he's trying to be faithful to her by being faithful to her husband. Okay. And so he's a little confused. He says, can he have a little more time to sort this out? If, if his father thinks that it's good for him to come, then he's totally happy and delighted to do that. His only real pull is that he's really trying to be loyal to your sister by taking care of her husband, but if that's a concern because the husband can't do the things that Baron needs, then he's happy to do whatever the husband wants. Very good. And, yes, he have more time to think about that. Okay, because he says it's very complex for him. It's not quite as cut and dried as, yes, Mom said come to you. He would do that. But he right. knows that she also loves her husband. Very good. Thank you, Nicklin, for calling. We appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. And it was a pleasure. Thank you. one 405 8405 
Uh, now, if our animals have a lot to say, we probably need a little bit of time to sit down and talk with you. And you actually do this for a living, as we just discussed. Uh, you'll sit down in, what, half-hour, 45-minute sessions? What's the deal there? Sessions are basically in half-hour increments. But people, I have people that call the schedule two or three hours because they have lots of animals. Oh, okay. <laughs> Getting a bunch of animals done at once. Okay. Absolutely. And they can call your phone number, which is? 425-867-1779. They can also go through my website and book through there if they want, which is talkwithyouranimals.com or joyturner.com. They both get you to the same place. And, of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. And if you want to hear more joy, well, you can do that five days a week at animalradio.com. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a Christmas present. What a good idea. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. It's a question often asked. We come come to you live from be, uh, pretty near Best Friends Animal Sanctuary in Kanab, Utah. No relation, though. We just came here because there's a lot of animal lovers. But we want to tell you about Best Friends and Jan Sluzer. She reports live for Animal Radio. Then there's the basic philosophy of Best Friends, if you like, which is that kindness to animals helps build a better world for all of us. In the late 60s, Michael Mountain, now president of Best Friends Animal Sanctuary, and a group of teenagers who were best friends decided to look together for a better way of life doing something wonderful. Eventually, they set up America's largest animal refuge and no-kill shelter. It's on 3,000 acres of land known as Angel Canyon near Kanab, Utah. Abandoned when best friends took over, Mountain said Angel Canyon had been the setting for many Hollywood westerns. We discovered later that this actually used to be, has been for thousands of years, a sacred place to all of the generations of native peoples who've lived here. And when one of the elders of a local tribe came to visit uh, one day and to do a small consecration ceremony with some of his own people, he said, it was a particular quote, he said that this is the place where people used to come once a year to seek guidance from Mother Nature for their future. 
And there is that sense here. You probably noticed it. This great sense of kind of peace and tranquility, a very special kind of energy. And the veterinarians always say the place itself does more to heal the animals than even they can do. It's a place that wants to be used for this. We are an Oak Hill sanctuary. We do not euthanize except for humane reasons only. Our goal is to let them stay here if they need to for the rest of their lives or a chance at getting a home. So everybody's adoptable. Kim Sharp gives visitors overview tours of best friends. She takes them to Dogtown and the geriatric Dogtown Heights, to the Horse Haven, the Feathered Friends section, and the Bunny House. In the Cats Village, Benton's special needs house exemplifies what best friends is all about. We have cats with physical disabilities in here. You'll see some maybe dragging a back leg or walking on top of their paw. Those are generally birth defects. They're used to it. They were born that way. We have two cats in here with a condition called cerebellar hypoplasia. That is like a cerebral palsy, sort of a motor movement thing where their brain waves and their muscles don't coordinate at the same time. They have a little difficulty getting around. It just takes them a little longer. They are not in pain. They were born that way. Their mothers had distemper when they were born, which causes that condition. We're going to see also some blind cats. We have cats with skin cancer. These cats are all adoptable. They just have special needs. Sharp introduces many of the cats. This is Bijou. Bijou is a purebred Abyssinian. He actually came to us from a veterinary clinic in San Francisco. He used to be a show cat of some type and was accidentally hit by a car, lost his tail, so he does have a urinary problem where he has to be manually expressed. It's not a big deal. For whatever reason, the owners did not come back for him. I guess they figured he couldn't be a show cat anymore, so they weren't interested. So he actually got to come here. He's a great cat. He's actually got a great, great personality. He is available for adoption. The adoption rate at Best Friends is 75%. The animal sanctuary's two goals are no more homeless pets or animal shelter euthanasia by the end of the decade. Michael Mountain says Best Friends' biggest challenge is public awareness. main thing is getting the message to people everywhere of the two most important things that they have to do, one of which is always adopting their pets from shelters and never from pet stores, and the other is making sure they're always spayed and neutered. For more information about the Best Friends Animal Sanctuary, check out the website bestfriends.org. I'm Jan Sluzer. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Clive Sears from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please, please remember to spay and neuter your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Judy, do you know what polybrominated diphenyl ethers are? No, did you even say it right? Did I even <laughs> say it right? Of course I said it right. It's, uh, those are PBDEs and the EPA. You know what they, the Environmental Protection, Protection Agency. Agency. Yes, I do know that one. They have determined that uh, some of these, which have been used in, as a, a fire retardant back in, I guess, the 70s. We'll find out in just a second. It could be dangerous for our felines, causing hyperthyroidism. Which I don't exactly know what that is either. And we'll find out. We have right now on the phone Dr. Louise Murray, Director of Medicine for the ASPCA's Berg Memorial Animal Hospital. Doctor, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. No problem. How are you doing? Am I anywhere near being correct in pronouncing polybrominated diphenyl ethers? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what, what is that and, and, and how did it become part of our society? 
these are chemicals that are used as flame retardants. Just like you said, they're supposed to prevent, you know, burns and problems if there's a fire in the house. Then it's these chemicals are supposed to prevent the appliances or the mattress or whatever they're used in from lung up in flames and possibly harming the people in the home. Are they still being used? They are still being used, but less and less so. You know, they're, they're being basically phased out. Mm, okay, so what's happening, I guess it's turning into dust and our cats are picking up on that? Is that, is that well, there's a few ways that they're thought to get into cat systems. One is the same way they can get into children or, or, or adult systems, for that matter, is that they do become part of household dust, which, you know, whether we like it or not, we are constantly ingesting dust. You know, you scratch your, you, you know, you scratch your mouth, you eat a potato chip out of the bowl on the kitchen counter, and... You know, like it or not, you're taking in some dust. Yeah, John Stossel, he did that thing on bed bed bugs. I'm sure there's all kinds of things that we just don't see. Anything that's in your house, you're eating. You know, I mean, there's just no getting around. Unless you wash your hands, you know, 500 times a day, you're going to be eating some dust. And then it's also thought that these chemicals may be present in some cat foods, depending on, you know, what type of food it is. Um, because it can get into the animals that are then made into cat food. You know, these animals, you know, fish or other animals can ingest it as well. And so it's not just necessarily in the dust from the home. It could also be that the cats are taking it in actually in their food. Mm, Okay. It causes, we're thinking, hyperthyroidism. What is that? Well, first of all, we'll back up and talk about feline hyperthyroidism, and then we'll go forward and talk about the connection between these PBDEs. But we do need to be careful not to you know, make uh, connections aren't necessarily there yet. So we'll talk about feline hyperthyroidism, but we do not know that feline hyperthyroidism is caused by PBDE. So we have to be really careful, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So to back up and talk about the disease itself, Mm -hmm. as cats get older, you know, become middle-aged and elderly, their thyroid glands can become overactive. We have two thyroid glands in our neck on either side of, you know, where the Adam's apple is. Cats do as well. And as cats get older, they can actually develop a benign tumor on one or both thyroid glands. It's called an adenoma. That means a benign tumor of a gland. Mm -hmm. Is it fatal? So, you know, we'll talk about the whole situation. So it can be fatal, but it's very, very treatable. So what happens is 98% of the time the tumor on one or both thyroid glands is benign. About 2% of the time it, it can be actually malignant, and obviously that's a much more serious situation. But what it does is that it increases the cat's metabolism. It makes the heart rate faster. It makes the blood pressure go up. So it can cause heart damage. It can cause the liver enzymes to go up and cause some liver damage. It can cause a stroke from high blood pressure. So, yes, feline hyperthyroidism can be fatal, but that would only be if it went untreated for months and months and months and months and even years. It's a very, very treatable disease, and it's important for people to realize that because while it all sounds so scary, this Mm -hmm. is a very easily treatable disease as long as someone would see their veterinarian promptly. Is there a human threat if we, have, if we share the same glands? Yes, and in, they also can affect other systems. So they can affect various systems in our bodies. And it's almost like the house cats are sort of, you know, the proverbial canary in the coal mine. Mm. Because cats live in this, you know, indoor cats basically mimic our lifestyle. They hang out on the couch. They sleep on the bed. You know, and so if they're getting these into their system, you can bet we are. But, of course, 
um, they're going to be even more likely because, you know, we, most of us, don't lick ourselves all over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, they're going to take for yourself. Yeah, you don't know how. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so while they're hanging out in the same place as we are and the fact that they've got these in their systems is worrisome both for them and for us, you know, they're going to even be more likely to take these chemicals in because they're literally doing it on purpose. You know, not, you know, not that they know that this is happening, but they're taking this dust and saying, I've got to get this dust off of me. Let me lick my entire body, and then they take in these chemicals. So, you know, it's worrisome for the cats, and it's worrisome for us. But we haven't yet been able to say one causes the other. But we can do some things that bring the odds in our favor, I guess, like vacuuming and uh, HEPA filters in our air conditioner. What else? Exactly. And, you know, also just some of the older things we might have in our house, like an old, you know, sofa that has foam cushions that were, you know, a sofa back from the 70s and things like that, old mattresses. Because some of the newer products... I can't part with that couch. Well, <laughs> well, then you're going to have to give your cat a bath yourself. Yes. So, you know, we can keep, you know, we can try to keep the level to a minimum by, you know, even checking the appliances that we have, the, the some of the furniture that we have. Try not to keep some of those old stuff around, um, you know, and so trying to keep this to a minimum. But we can't completely prevent exposure. You know, it's very, very difficult. Will we find this on the labels of our mattresses? to check to see if we do, in fact, have it? The mat, the, the, one of the recommendations is, indeed, to not remove mattress labels. If it doesn't say on the label, you can contact the manufacturer. So it's something where if you can't tell from the label, you can check the label. If you read the label and you're still not sure, uh-huh. then you can contact the manufacturer and say, hey, I'm not, I'm not getting this information from the label. Is this in this, you know, is this in this um, appliance? And that's one of the reasons that whole joke about don't remove the mattress labels that everybody says, what, are you going to go to some kind of jail? <laughs> you know, some of that information is on those labels. That's one of the reasons. But it's not just in mattresses. You know, it can be in certain appliances. It can be in other things. I mean, most people, you know, won't know what's in everything they own. Uh-huh. You can check with the manufacturers. You can use these HEPA filters. You can keep things nice and clean and keep dust to a minimum. But it's really hard to completely avoid these chemicals. You know, at this point, until we've really completely phased them out, enough time has gone by that these appliances are all gone. It's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for, you know, for cat parents to actually keep an eye on their cat symptoms. And regardless of the whole PBDE issue, it's something they would want to do anyway. But, you know, we're diagnosing this disease earlier and earlier and earlier. You know, the whole thing way back when I, you know, way, way back in the 1800s when I went to vet school. <laughs> you sound um, younger than me. You, you know, I make it sound so long ago. You know, they would show you a picture in the textbook or in your lecture. This is a hyperthyroid cat. And the cat would be bone thin with these huge eyes bugging out and the hair all standing up. And, you know, the cat looked like a wreck. And that's not the way it is anymore because this disease, you know, started to only be diagnosed a few decades ago. And so, you know, there wasn't a high level of suspicion for it. The veterinarians weren't diagnosing it nearly as early. The cat's levels were just sky high, and these poor cats were just crazy. And now, I mean, we'll diagnose it just on a regular checkup. Symptoms, of course, of hyperthyroidism. I know weight loss is in there. And, of course, as you mentioned, the rapid heart rate. Yeah, so you're going to see things like your cat might be losing weight. Or very early, your cat might be eating, eating more just to maintain the same weight. Um, your cat might have vomiting or diarrhea. Some cats will drink more and urinate more. So you might have a lot more wet litter. And the cats can have a rapid heart rate. I'll tell you a little story about my cat, which tells you how early you can detect this. Uh-huh. Of course, I'm a veterinary internist, so I'm, you know, I'm much more suspicious all the time. Sure. But my little cat, Belina, would always sleep in bed with me. And, you know, they always like to sleep on your back or on your legs. Mm-hmm. And she was on my legs. And I thought, why is your little heart beating so hard against my leg? 
you know, and I tested her and she was hyperthyroid. She hadn't even lost any weight yet. And so this is something that, you know, a very sensitive owner who's really watching their cat can say, why does the cat seem more um, cranky? Sometimes they'll get cranky, just like people whose thyroids are overactive. Why does the cat seem so moody or so hyperactive? Why is the cat having to eat so much more and he's not getting fat? So these little early signs, but, the, you know, but once it progresses, they will definitely lose weight. Their heart will race. And some of them will have these other symptoms like vomiting and diarrhea as well. And, of course, any of those symptoms, you should uh, plan a trip to the vet. And... Yep, and they're going to want to run some blood work on the kitty cat because there's other things that can mimic it. For example, cats who are having intestinal problems and not able to absorb their nutrients, which is also a really common problem in cats, will have the same symptoms, eating more, not be able to gain weight, losing weight even though they're still eating, vomiting and diarrhea. And so the symptoms of intestinal problems can really mimic the symptoms of feline hyperthyroidism. And so your vet's going to want to run blood work, and sometimes they'll want to do something like a sonogram and try to figure out which, you know, which disease is going on. And now hyperthyroidism can be cured. There's a medication called mesimazole or tapazole that can be given to actually block the production of thyroid hormone, and that's not a cure. That's something that would need to be used for life if that was the only treatment used. But once the cat's been treated with medication and has done well, the owners can actually get something called radioactive iodine done in their cat where they get this one little shot under the skin, Mm -hmm. no big deal, and um, they usually have to stay at the vet's office where it's done for a week or so because the cats will actually be a little bit radioactive um, once they've had that shot, just like a person who would have this kind of a treatment. Uh And once those levels go down, um, the cat generally, in most cases, is cured and the problem is solved. And so it's very nice. It's a very nice new treatment that we have, the and, radioactive iodine. And a nightlight, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very funny. So what they do, they actually use a Geiger counter. You know, it's really, really in, mostly in the cat's urine, you know, because wow. they're going to be excreting it. So they'll actually, you know, and when the cats stop ticking, they okay, you can, and, you know, and different states have different levels that are legal. So in some states, it's just a few days. In some states, it might be, you know, 10 or 14 days if the cats, but the cats are just chilling out. My cat had this, and... She gained weight. She had a great time. They usually have them in a room with just a few other kitties. And it's not very stressful because they're really just chilling out and waiting, you know, for the Geiger counter to go down. Dr. Louise Murray, Thank Director you. of Medicine for the ASPCA's Berg Memorial Animal Hospital. Of course, I want to give out the website, ASPCA.org. Our mm-hmm. f- friends over there doing fine work, and we hope to speak to you again. Thank you. Thank you. Watch out for that radioactive cat. Yeah, see your cat glowing. <laughs> This is Shelley Morrison from Willing Grace, and I'm telling you all to check out farmsanctuary.org and get tickets for their big gala September 8th at the Beverly Hills Hotel. You won't regret it. It's going to be a fabulous night. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org.
I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Judy, did you uh, see the full moon in the lunar eclipse? I did, and you know what? It was my first time. I was a virgin lunar eclipser until this past week. That's a a lot of information (laughs) to digest in such a short amount of time. I know that uh, there's a lot of crazy things that go on around here, especially with the animals around full moon time. Ray Ann Cumulos reports. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. What does the full moon have to do with animals? The word moon comes from the words for month and measure, and the animal full moon names we use today date back to the Algonquin and colonial settlers. These moon names reflect an age when humans were intimately connected to an understanding of how animals appeared in seasons and cycles of time, an understanding writ large in the most brilliant light in the night sky, the moon. January's moon is called the wolf moon because the deep cold snows of midwinter brought hungry howling wolves close to Indian villages. The full worm moon appears in March, since the Earth has thawed enough after winter snows for earthworms to appear, heralding the arrival of the robins. April is known as the hair moon, because countless legends note that areas of the lunar surface resemble a rabbit. In fact, the moon in Sanskrit means having the marks of a hair. Many delightful stories surround this lunar likeness, including the legend of the Buddha's decision to reward a helpful hare by setting him in the moon, where he can still be seen tonight. The hare is considered a sacred symbol of fertility in ancient thought, and is also closely aligned to the moon cycle, since a rabbit's gestation cycle is also approximately 30 days. Today, vestiges of this ancient sacred association live on in the April appearance of the Easter Bunny. May is known as the Milk Moon because pastures are at the very best for the cattle. July is traditionally called the Full Buck Moon for the velvety new antlers emerging on the deer bucks. The large fish of the Great Lakes are most abundant during the moon of August, giving rise to the name Sturgeon Moon. Geese are also prominent in August, as reflected in the Sioux and Arapaho names, moon when the geese shed their feathers. The colonial Americans honored the presence of Sirius in the August morning sky, as well as the hottest days of summer, by calling it the Dog Days Moon. Hunter's Moon is the name the colonial Americans gave to October, since it was a time when the fields were cleared and animals could easily be seen in bare pastures. 
It was also called the blood moon, for the blood of the animals spilled for winter provisions. But the Chinese were more benevolent during this time, calling October the kindly moon. Interestingly, these bloody names apply only to the white settlers. The native names for the October moon speak to seasonal events like falling leaves and first frost. November's moon is called full beaver moon, since beavers were active in their preparations for winter. Our connection to the moon today is more fragile than that of our ancestors. Perhaps it's because man has visited the lunar surface and found no rabbits, or because calendars today are often determined by the earthbound deities of work and television. But regardless of whether humankind notes the appearance of our lunar companion, each month the full moon coolly and consistently reflects the sun's light and continues to take our measure. Patiently awaiting our attention to remind us that what is in a name still matters. Wolves are howling, robins are eating worms, and deer bucks are growing antlers, all under the full light of a brilliant moon. Visit us on the World Wide Web at VoiceOfTheAnimal.com. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Human medications are a no-no for cats. Hi, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting. Human medications are the most common source of animal poisoning, as reported by the poison control centers. The most common source of these medications for cats is those that are left out on the countertop or table or those that are accidentally dropped on the floor. However, many times owners think if a medication is safe for children, then it's probably safe for their cat. This is far from true, and in fact, many of these medications can cause death in cats. Why do various human medications, something as simple as aspirin, cause death in cats? The primary reason is that cats do not have the enzymes necessary to metabolize these drugs. Even small amounts can be very toxic, most notably are the topical flea and tick products labeled dogs only. A single application of these on a cat may mean sudden or an agonizing death for a cat. Tylenol, which is acetaminophen, is one of the deadliest and most common drugs we see that cause fatality in cats. Second on the list of most frequent toxins in cats is aspirin. Aspirin can be very toxic to cats, especially if given repeatedly. It causes severe damage to the kidneys and can result in death. Other problem medications range from hemorrhoid medications to vitamins, diet pills, decongestants, and several of the cold medications. Signs to watch for in case of poisoning would include anything from vomiting and lethargy to seizures, shortness of breath, and death. Should you notice any of these signs, and even suspect your cat might have eaten something toxic, call your veterinarian and take your cat to the hospital immediately. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. It goes so fast. Remember, we're streaming online 24-7, live at animalradio.com. You get your fix anytime, anywhere. You can do it on your cell phone, too, simply by texting ANIMAL to 27627. Of course, all that information at AnimalRadio.com. 
Also, don't forget to uh, bid on one of Kyle Oren's collars going up for auction, one of the celebrity collars, to benefit Canine Companions for Independence. A link from the friendofanimalradio.com there, as well as a link to the Summer End Giveaway. We have lots of great, great gifts this year, most of them from PetMate. In fact, we just got one of these Labistros. I'll tell you all about it next week. They're telling me I don't have time to tell you about it this this week. Shelly Morrison, thank you so much for joining us on Animal Radio this week from Will and Grace. Uh, always doing great things for the animals. We love you. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't ever declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio. Network. Network.